0: There. don't start the recording just yet. There, Marshall. Um, John chapter five. You know what we've uh, we 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 are at the point now uh, as uh, Jesus is has just performed some miracles. He healed a man who had been who had been an invalid for thirty eight years, and he healed him. And then the the Jewish leaders were not pleased with him because he was healing on the Sabbath. And, uh, yeah, come, come on another day to, to get yourself well, uh, because you know Sunday or Saturdays aren't for that to these guys. They had, they had missed the mark, uh, and then Jesus is defending himself now, and he's in the midst of that defense. And two weeks ago, Kurt did an amazing job beginning uh, that defense, and I'm going to finish that off here. And we're going to start in verse 30 of uh, John chapter five And John writes. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who testifies in my favor. I know that his testimony about me is true. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it, that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John, for the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form. Nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he sent. You study the scriptures diligently, because you think that in them you have eternal life. These are the very scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept glory from human beings, but I know you. I know that you do not have the love of God in your heart. I have come in my Father's name. You do not accept me, but if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe, since you accept glory from one another, but do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? But do not think that I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe that he wrote what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I said? Let's pray together. Father, what, what a gift a- it is to be able to have your word, even these most challenging words of Jesus that we read here. Father, I know this is a scripture really calling us to examine ourselves, and it is amazing how you do expose us. You show uh, you show us in very difficult ways sometimes. You you make us uncomfortable, and uh, but that's okay. It is good for us, Father. I pray that today our hearts are moved and stirred, and we hear what you have to say. We love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Who likes comfort? Let's be honest. We all, all like, like comfort. We all do. You know when you hear of people searching for a church what do you often hear? I'm looking for a place that makes me feel comfortable. Jesus, Jesus didn't do things that made people feel comfortable. You know, he, he turned things a little bit upside down and he, and, he, and, he, and he made people feel uncomfortable like the people in the back are feeling right now. Because sometimes when you're in the back, it's because you showed up a little late, not that any of these people did. Or maybe you're feeling a little uncomfortable because you've got to sit in that chair. Because I, I think I might get a podium and just preach the rest of the sermon from here. If, if the chairs could twist around, maybe I would do that. The, the way you feel now is a little bit about how these people felt at that time. Because he was talking to religious leaders. He was talking to people who had lived their whole lives, as he says, studying the scriptures, putting, putting their whole lives into understanding the Bible, into transcribing it word for word, letter for letter. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But, but these were teachers of the law. These were religious leaders was, was the audience, the central audience. We're in the midst, at this point, there's a festival going on. There was three main festivals that that all the Jews from all over had to come into Jerusalem. This was one of those. The population of Jerusalem exploded during this time. So when Jesus is giving this this defense, he's, he's really doing it to the most religious. And he's turning it upside down. And he's making people feel uncomfortable. Because he's telling them things that they're not used to hearing. They're not used to hearing from a rabbi that they, the teachers, are wrong. They're not used to hearing that. They were, Jesus wanted to make them uncomfortable. As we are meant to feel a little bit uneasy. If you're looking for a church to make you comfortable, I hope you've come to the wrong place. Because I don't want you to feel comfortable when you leave here. And now, the comfort, because of how hot it is in here, if we could get someone to turn the air conditioner on, that would be really great. Is it, is it on? Because I don't hear it on. It sure feels warm in here. If we could just check it again, Bruce, if you don't mind. It really is. I'm going to be sweating up in here. My legs are shaking. One, one simple point today. Will you listen to the testimony? Will you listen to the testimony? The word for testimony or testify here, uh, it's written the, this, the same. Uh, the, it's the The word testify or testimony is used nine times in this particular text, and and uh, and and in the in the ESV, it's translated witness, witness. But the, the Greek term, both both the words come from the Greek word where we get the word martyr from. Both of those those words. But there were rules about witnesses or testimonies from the Old Testament. In Deuteronomy chapter 19 and verse 15, it it says, a single witness shall not suffice against a person for any crime or for any wrong in connection with any offense that he has committed. Thank you. Only on the evidence of two witnesses or of three witnesses shall a charge be established. Uh, the, the the witness of two or three is is more than enough and and Jesus is is, is they're accusing Jesus of, of not having any witnesses when in fact he he's going to come and tell them no I have more than enough witnesses what were the testimonies that were given well here you have Jesus himself tes- testifying about himself and he says of himself that that I can only say what my father gives me to say His own word was exactly what the Father had given him. As Kurt talked about so well a couple weeks ago, the work of the Father and the Son are indistinguishable. One, they they are exactly the same. And Jesus was seeking the will of the Father. He wanted the people to be saved, yet they were refusing to hear the truth. In verse 34, you, you see the mercy of God when Jesus says, I say these things so that you may be saved. God's will from the beginning was for all people to hear the gospel message and to come to him in faith. That the whole world would be blessed through the nation of Israel. And Jesus only did what he was told. And his, his testimony about himself should have been enough. But there was more. You had John the Baptist. And he references here John the Baptist and who John the Baptist was. You know, the, he, was, he was a rock star. It says here in, in, in this passage, uh, you have sent to John. In verse 33, you have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it, that you may be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. They had gone out uh, themselves, and they had gone to the desert, traveled uh, you know, many miles uh, to, to the desert, out where the where the uh, where the Jordan River was 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 quite a distance from Jerusalem, and and many of them, including religious leaders, came out to John to be baptized by John, and 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 at that time he was the light to the world, and not just his message was accurate, but but his life was exemplary. It was his life that been put in prison because he challenged leaders at that time. You know, John the Baptist. Uh, he was that shining light, that shining lamp, and they acknowledged who he was. Uh, though when they were challenged about it, who would you say, did John come from, from God or not? They wouldn't answer the question. Because if they had said from God and they didn't believe him, then they would, you know, all the people believed he was a prophet. If they said from man, the people would challenge him because the people believed he came from God. They, they, put, they understood, they, they believed John the Baptist was something special, and John was the testimony. And he himself would have been enough. But there's more. Je- Jesus references God's word. God himself. He, he, he says in uh, in verse, verse 36, For the works that the Father has given me to finish, the very works that I am doing, testify that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me himself testified concerning me. You have not... You have neither seen his voice nor seen his form, nor does he dwell in you, for you do not believe the one sin. He said you haven't seen God, you haven't heard God. But God testifies. Now, how could he say that? It's because they had the word of God. They had the Bible. And they put great, great value in the Bible. You know, they they the was another testimony they had missed. In in verse 39, 39 it says it says that you you study the scriptures diligently because you think that in them you have eternal life. Now there's there's some debate uh, about whether there's you might have a note in your Bible about it where it's you study the scriptures. It could either mean you study the scriptures or go study the scriptures. Both both they're similar. Either, either way, way, it could, could mean both know. both ideas. You do and you need to uh, both. But the point being is they were very diligent about what they did with the Bible. When they transcribed the Bible, in the Hebrew Bible, each letter, each word, they had numerical values. And, and, and when they transcribed it, they actually, to this day, still transcribe scrolls by hand, letter for letter. And actually, the, way the rule was is that they could not write a letter until they looked at the original to that letter. Then they could transcribe one letter at a time meticulously. Now, that's of great benefit to you and I because that means we can trust the accuracy of what we have in the Scriptures. For them, they missed the point. They were so meticulous about studying the Scriptures, so meticulous about how they they copied word, letter for letter, word for word, that they missed the point of it. They missed the heart of God through it. And we, we went, we had a chance to go to to the Isle of Wight. The Isle of Wight is a small island on the southern tip of, of England while we were over there. We were celebrating an anniversary and uh, we, we got an Airbnb at this little uh, little apartment that was in this beautiful little inlet. And, and it was on, there was a cliff and there was water, it, you know, the ocean was, was beating on this. And it, the ocean was, you know, probably 50 or 100 feet away and there was a, a sliding glass door. And we would sit at the, uh, inside and, and just, it was beautiful. The, the, the hills and the waves and, and the, the sea spray was so much it would come and spray on the window. But you know what I never even stood out to me is? What that window looked like? Who made that window? I didn't walk in the place and say, wow, this is an amazing window. I can't, I can't wait, wait to, to sit by, by this, this window and admire this window. window. Who notices the window? The window is only there so we can see what's outside. It's, it serves a great purpose. But that's, that gives you an idea. You know, if, if the Word of God is the window which shows us the way to God Himself, and these people had missed it. They had become so meticulous about every letter and every word and, and 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 obedience to that, and then some and the hedge around the law that they had missed the best testimony they could have in the word of God. They had the witness of their own leader, Moses. They had proclaimed him themselves in in, in John chapter 9, in verse 28. He says, uh he says, "You are you are his disciple, but we are disciples of Moses. We know that God has spoken to Moses, but as for this man, we do not know where he comes from. They claim Moses was their teacher." In Luke twenty-four, that we looked at last week, whenever they were on the road to to a man, Jesus used Moses and the prophets to prove what was said. You know what's 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 crazy is this is this is. You know, early first century, uh, uh, this is, there had been hundreds of years, 400 or so years of silence between Malachi and the Gospels as we know them today. And at the very end of Malachi, the warning that was given, go and look over there in Malachi at the very end of the Old Testament. In Malachi chapter 4. In verse 4, it says, Remember the law of my servant Moses, the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their parents, or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Malachi warned them. Do not forget the law of Moses. Do not forget. Now, in some ways, they got it right. They remembered the law of Moses, but what did they miss? They missed the heart of the law. They missed the purpose of the law to bring life. You know, they 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 missed what God intended, the words of Moses, it all points to Jesus. It all points to the to, to the son of God. And then you have the works of Jesus witnessing to who Jesus is. You know, early he had turned water into wine at the wedding at Cana. Just prior to this, he had healed the man who had been disabled for 30 Eight years. Just prior to that, he had healed the official son who wasn't even present with him. He just said the words, and the man's son was healed. The next thing he's going to do is he's going to walk on water. And then he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And he's going to heal a woman who's been bleeding for 12 years. And he's going to cleanse lepers. And he's going to cast out evil spirits. And eventually he's going to do the greatest miracle of all by rising from the dead after he dies. A brutal death on the cross. How many works does one need to believe? Are you listening to the testimony given? Any of these witnesses of Jesus should have been enough to turn these lives upside down. God's desire was for them to be saved, but they refused to hear the truth. Instead, they sought glory and honor from men rather than from God himself. If a person walked into the town and said something good about them, they would not have doubted him at all. But whenever he comes and says something challenging, they want to kill him. They sought comfort and religious box checking rather than actually being changed by God's word. They were spiritually blind. When someone who's been healed for... who's been sick for 38 years is healed, and is all they can focus on is the fact that he's carrying a mat. I think they are blind. Um, that, you know that, that's, that's the problem. They were unable to see. Ultimately, Jesus tells them, you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. Their lives showed clearly that they didn't believe. Their religious pride kept them from hearing the truth about Jesus. And their desire for position, they wanted more. In Matthew chapter 27 and verse 15, it, 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 Matthew writes that it was out of envy that Jesus went to the cross. Because they didn't like that his position was higher than theirs. And yet God, in his incredible grace, presented testimony after testimony, and yet they missed it. They refused to believe the truth that was presented to them. I believe that we can be in danger of this same thing as followers of Jesus today. Those seeking something more in their lives are in danger of missing the truth about Jesus if you just want to add it to another piece of your your life. If you just want another little slice and let that be Jesus, it doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. God's Word doesn't work that way. Jesus can't just fit. He wants to come in and change it forever. He wants to turn it upside down, and he does that through his word. The witnesses that were sent to the people during Jesus' time sent for us here to hear it as well. You know, the witness of the word is one of the most readily available to show it all to us. I know for myself, early on, before I became a disciple. A follower of Jesus, I would. I had a Bible that my mother gave me the day I left for boot camp on April 15, 1991. Uh, I left for boot camp to go into the Navy, and and I took a Bible with me. And I believe that Bible's still laying around somewhere. And I remember in the Navy uh, when I was in A school, I had a a, a rack, a bed that had a, a little headboard, and that Bible sat on that headboard. And I would now and again, I would pull it out and I would read it. I can't tell you what I read. Why did I read it? I read it because it made me feel good. My mom gave, my mama gave me this Bible, you know. I'm reading mama's Bible. Uh, you know, I have a, a, a but, it, but, it, but we, can, we can read these things to make us feel good about ourselves. Or maybe you read your Bible so that whenever Joe or Jane comes and says, Hey, how's your quiet time going? You can say, Well, I've been reading my Bible. So you're doing it for someone else. Or, or, or you're reading it to, let me find something to encourage my soul, which we need to do. We should be able to get that. But the Bible's meant to evict our heart, to inspire us, to call us higher. Useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. The Bible having that effect on you today? I believe, I, I know for me, I can still be in danger of just reading the Scriptures to check the box. So I can say, yeah, I've had a quiet time every day. Hey, we need to have, we need to have time in our Bibles every day. We've got to make sure, though, when we read the Bible, that we're not reading it as consumers. You know what I, I mean? mean as as consu- con- we're a consumer. We live in a consumer culture. We like big grocery stores. We like, like to have choices. We, we like, like to be able to go in and, 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 and have 55 different cereals to pick from. You know you do. You like to have options. Some of you, some of you like, like Aldi's Aldi. because it's cheaper, some li- but there's not many choices there. Uh, some of you don't like Aldi's because there's not many choices there. But we can bring that attitude into our Bible study. Let me go and pick and find the thing that makes me feel good today rather than saying, you know what, God, what, what do you have for me today? What do you have for my, for my heart today? What do I need to change today? You know what's so encouraging, and we're doing this with our Bible, Bible talk, talk leaders, is we're we're trying to, to find, because we, we're very good at obeying commands, What's so cool about the Bible is in almost every case where you see a command in the New Testament where it tells you to do something, right around it is a commendation, something amazing about God or some way that he has changed your life or some promise he has made to you if you're following Jesus. And I don't think we need to focus on the command alone. I think we need to look for the way that God commends us and encourages our souls and inspires us to do what he calls us. How do you look at the Bible? How do you come to it? Maybe maybe you maybe you have that Burger King mentality. Is that I want to have it my way and I'm gonna look for ways in the Bible. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna uh just choose parts of the Bible that don't make me feel very good. I'll just tear that page out. I just don't know, I don't want that page there. I don't like that part. No, it doesn't work that way. You can tear the page out of every Bible you own. The word of God doesn't change. Or maybe maybe you're maybe you're thinking if if I had a personal experience like the apostles or the or the those that had seen Jesus after he rose from the dead maybe maybe it's a personal experience on you because you know we're all about experiences now right that's, I, that's and and experiences aren't bad but but if if you think well if I had personal experience then I could be righteous let's see what a couple of the men in the Bible that we admire say about that idea in First Peter. I'm sorry, in Second Peter chapter one. Look over there with me. Let's see what Peter says about the idea of experience. In Second Peter chapter one, in verse seventeen, Peter writes, "He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the maj- majestic glory, saying," This is my son whom I love, with him I am well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on the sacred mountain. We also have the prophetic message as something completely reliable. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation of things. What is Peter saying here? He's referencing this incredible experience they had at the Mount of Transfiguration when they heard God speak and Jesus was white as snow and, and, and all of that. But he says, prophecy of Scripture, the Scriptures are what is reliable. You don't need a personal experience in order to be changed by the Word of God. You just need the Word of God. You need to be moved by it. Look over in Galatians chapter 1. Let's see what Paul says. Paul who had his own experience on the road uh, to Damascus, who Jesus himself spoke to him, and all of those things. But look at what Look at what uh, Paul writes in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 6. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we've already said, so now I say it again. If anyone is preaching to you a gospel other than what you accepted, let them be under God's curse. If an angel came down today and began to say something, he would not be the judge of the scriptures. The scriptures would be the judgment of the angel. The scriptures are the judgment of whether what I'm saying is true or not. And the way you are living is true or not it's the scriptures that are the standard. Paul himself, in spite of his many uh, his many experiences were it was the, it was the gospel message that is true the, the scriptures stand in judgment of all these things. Are we listening to the witness of the Word of God ourselves? Are we allowing it to change? our hearts, and our very lives. How do you know? Well, it's seen in how you live. Is your life being lived turned upside down? I wanna show you a video of a brother in Tucson, Arizona.
1: This is Zach Fazio, and today I'm in Tucson, Arizona. I came here to interview Jesse Robinson. Growing up, basketball was my biggest passion. I played for my school teams and my neighborhood team. At the age of 16, though, I started making some bad decisions. I started selling cocaine in my neighborhood, and I started drinking for the first time. I remember me and my friends started to break into houses and steal stuff. It eventually got to the point where I took a gun to a party in order to shoot out a rival gang, and luckily, I was arrested before I could do so that same year i was hanging with some friends in front of a house and somebody drove by and shot 15 rounds at us one of the bullets hit me in the spine since that day i've been paralyzed from the waist down after the incident jesse stopped selling drugs and left most of his criminal life behind still over the next several years he suffered with intense anxiety and he couldn't find peace I was partying, drinking, hooking up with women, and I eventually dropped out of school. I felt like a failure, and I had no plans to allow God in my life. Over the next four years, my life got worse. I didn't care about living anymore. Things were just so bad. I was just tired of being in the darkness. I just opened my heart and asked God to come back into my life. Soon after, Jesse got a scholarship inviting him to come play wheelchair basketball for the University of Arizona. He accepted the opportunity and started playing for the school. One day, a student on the campus invited him to come study the Bible and learn more about God. The Bible study on sin and repentance changed my life forever. After I finally read about sexual immorality and drunkenness, I never went back to either of those sins again. I became closer to God after that, and I ended up being baptized. He blessed me with peace and I didn't deserve one single bit of it. And I was just thankful, grateful. It's something that, you know, is so great that I just want other people to have. Uh, My peace as a Christian has, has just been more than I ever imagined. Find more of our inspiring videos and teaching material. Come find us on YouTube. Our channel name is Kidogo.
0: What an incredible testimony of of the effect of the Word of God! This this man's life has changed forever. I I know I know when I when I was when I was reading the Bible just for self building up, as I described to you. Whenever I was in early on in my Navy career, you know. It, I, I just became more religious. I was, I was, I was, I had such religious pride. Uh, I would, I would lead prayers at the end of the day in boot camp, and I was, I was a section leader of six, one section out of six, and I would, I would get up to lead the prayer, and I would curse them out to get them to stop talking. That's how bad it was. I was reading my Bible mama's Bible. Are you listening to the testimony of the Word of God? My original experience didn't change me. It wasn't until someone sat down and taught me what it meant to truly follow Jesus. How to deal with sin. How to repent and turn to God. What it looked like. Not not to make me feel good about myself, but so I could have an opportunity to change. You know, studying the Bible, heard it described as it's like mining gold. And in gold mining, I, there's something about it where they they look for the vein of gold and they follow the vein until they find the deposit of gold. That's the description of what your Bible study should look like. That that when you're when you're mining it, when you're digging into it, you're looking for the you're looking for the truth. You find that in Jesus. And just as if you found a huge deposit of gold, it would change your life and it would change generations of your family's lives. The same is true for the Word of God. The effect of the Word of God is change in your children's lives and your children's children and so on and so forth. That's the impact the Word of God is meant to have. But are you going to listen to the testimony given? Do you care more about glory from others than you do from God Himself? Is your motivation so that others will see what you're doing and maybe pat you on the back? I know that can be a temptation for me, for sure. I know. Well, how do you feel when somebody else is built up? This is recognized. I know how I felt in the Navy, man. People would get awards and I'd just be back there stewing, man. Where's mine? I worked hard, too. I, when, I made, when I made first class, I made E6, uh, everybody, uh, everybody that had, been, had, had made rank was allowed to wear, they call it frocking, where you got to wear it, but you didn't get paid for it. Uh, you know, they, got, they gave you the, but you got to put it on. They didn't let me. I was the only one in the whole command. They didn't let me do it. Man, I was bitter. I was a Christian. I was not happy, though. They eventually they worked all that out, but it was my own fault. I was it was it was it was, it was anyway. Ask about it. I'll tell you about it. But 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 our maybe your motivation is just I just want to stay on everybody's good side. I just want to stay on everybody's good side. I don't want to be. I don't want to say. I don't want anybody to say anything bad about me. I don't want to rock any boats. Really, that's not what Jesus did. In fact, Jesus warned Luke six twenty six. Woe to you when all men speak well of you. We're called to be peacemakers, not peacekeepers i don 't mean rock the boat for the sake of rocking the boat. Not that any of you would ever do that. yeah, you would We all have come on we 've all done that rock- okay, maybe, maybe i 'm the only one that 's ever done that um, yeah, now nah, okay, but have we have we become like the Pharisees, where we just are it 's just become this religious? Exercise, we gotta gotta shake that loose. We gotta allow the Bible to have its proper effect on our lives. If your life is on trial right now, how would Jesus find you? If He were making this speech today, where would you fall in this speech? Would He be talking to you? If you're visiting with us today and you're not sure about this witness we're talking about, ask somebody to study the Bible with you, to show you the Scriptures and teach you the truth about the effect the Gospel is meant to have on your life. It's not here to make you feel comfortable. It's here to turn your life upside down. But it's the most meaningful and inspiring and encouraging life I could ever hope to live. And I hope you all feel that way. It's meant to turn us upside down. Let's be sure we are listening to the testimonies God has sent us here on the peninsula. Amen, Amen, church. church. Let's all stand and sing.